Welcome to My Ed Expert, specializing in what's possible in education. By merging research, practice, and passion, we provide insights from top educational thought leaders for right now implementation. Now, here's your host, author Susie Pepper Rollins. Glad you joined us today. John Winstrom is the principal of Buchanan Elementary School. He was the 2018 PTA Michigan Principal of the Year. He's really big on creating a positive school culture. All great things about John, but what I really want to know about John is his leadership philosophy that he learned from watching Star Trek as a child. So that's what I want to get into pretty quickly. He was a former elementary school teacher and a wrestling coach as well. How are you, John? I'm wonderful, Susie. Thank you so much for having me on today. I appreciate it. Well, I'm thrilled that you are with me. And I I saw when I was doing some research on you, John, I saw something that your superintendent said about you. And I thought, okay, this this speaks volumes about John. So I'm going to embarrass you for a minute. So here we go. (laughs) He's the type of principal who knows each child by name and by heart, always reaching out to make a day better for a struggling student or a week brighter for his dedicated staff. That's awfully nice. And that means a lot to me because I think my superintendent is pretty wonderful. So coming from her, that's, that's, that's wonderful. It really made my day. Well, before we get to Captain Kirk, I want to talk about some other things. Tell me, what do you love about being a school leader? What do you like about it so much? The best thing I love about uh, being a school leader is the chance to make a difference each and every day. Uh, We have good days. We have not so good days at school. But every day when I get home, I have that satisfaction of knowing um, I had a chance to make somebody's life uh, better. Plus, I love working with teachers, people who have dedicated their lives uh, to helping students. So it's a wonderful feeling to be able to uh, live in your calling. Well, that's wonderful. And I noticed something you do that I want you to share a little bit. Uh, maybe some other schools might want to try is something you call Monday morning pep rallies. Tell us a little bit about what those are like. Sure. I actually borrowed the idea of Celebrate Monday from Sean Gaylord, who wrote uh, The Pepper Effect. Uh, So each week, we start with a Celebrate Monday assembly to kick off the week on a positive note. We discuss our character trait that we work on each month. Uh, We do an activity. Uh, I might even break out my guitar. We may do a positive post-it note day. Um, And we even give out a Bust a Move Award for the class that comes in with the best dance moves. Um, So we try to make it fun, exciting, and exhilarating, and really promoting the idea of each week is a chance to start fresh and do your very best. So uh, it's been positive, I think, for both the students and the adults in the building. Now, do you model your moves at these, or what are your moves like, John? No, my, my dance moves are limited to uh, snapping my fingers and, and tapping my feet. So, But uh, I'll tell you what, some of our uh, teachers and kids have got some great moves, so it's a, it's a fun time. Oh, that's great. Now, you're, you have, I've read your blog. You have a lot of programs at your school. It, it's clear that you really put a high value on uh, maintaining and building a, a positive school culture. So let's pretend that you're doing a walk at a school you've never been in before. You walk into their building. What are things you're going to notice about a positive school culture or not, or not so positive ones? Share, share a little bit with us on that. Sure. So some of the things I look for are, do people greet you in the hallway? Um, are the children smiling? How do the adults interact with uh, the students? How do the adults interact with other adults? Uh, Are the students engaged in their learning? I can usually tell pretty quickly the culture of a building just from walking down the halls or popping into a classroom or two. And so I really try to model those positive traits uh, in a friendly environment here at our school as well. 
I looked at some of the presentations you do. Uh, one of them was about some of the myths of leadership. So I want to talk about a, a few of these. Um, and if you could share a little bit, if there are others you want to talk about. But one that, that struck me is this one. Number one was it's all about me. Uh, share a little bit about that myth. Yeah, and I, I think that's a common mistake. And every myth that I ever talk about or mistake uh, that I that I mention in any of my presentations are because I've made those mistakes myself. Um, but the, the first one I often talk about is that it's all about you as a leader. It's not. It's about empowering our staff. It's about empowering our students. And it can be tricky, especially for uh, young administrators. I know I certainly fell into that trap of feeling that um, it's about me, and if things go well, great, it's on me. And if it's not going well, um, often we're, we're quick to, to blame others. But really, in leadership, I'm doing my best work when the people around me are empowered and they are becoming leaders. That's great. Now, another one I noticed, if you want to share a little bit on this one, because uh, this is an age-old debate, right? You have it as a myth that leaders are born. Yep. So I actually borrowed this one uh, from Kuzi and Posner. They have a book, uh, The Truth About Leadership. And in one of the opening chapters, they have that statement of leaders are born and so are you. And I often will start uh, presentations with that because, uh, again, like many people, I often had that mindset that you you just have it or you don't as a leader. Um, And really what that is, it's mistaking charisma for leadership. Leadership is leadership is a set of skills that anyone can develop and work and hone. And so I've learned through the years that it's it's not about the charisma, it's about um, having those skills to develop, but we also do have to have those interpersonal skills of working with and caring about those uh, that we work with. You know, that reminds me of teachers as well, though, because, you know, I'll be in a classroom and I'll think, boy, that, that teacher's so amazing. How much of that's natural? But the truth is that, that teachers, it's, you know, we can say that teachers are born as a myth too, because we all have our different teaching, teaching styles. I'm a little over the top, but my best friend teacher <laughs> next door was super quiet and she had a wonderful classroom experience. And honestly, kids couldn't take having me all day. We'd all have a heart attack. <laughs> so, like, so everybody has to find their way, you know, in that. So I kind of feel that about teachers as well, you know, but absolutely. I agree. Yep. Uh, okay. So here's another one. Um, leaders play it safe. What do you think on that one? Yeah. So I used to have, when I, when I first started in administration, you know, the philosophy of, I'm going to call it the don't rock the boat philosophy of, well, okay, no trouble, no problem. Um, but really um, I, I've learned through the years that leaders need to be those change agents. They need to be the ones that uh, push people out of their comfort zone, yet still provide uh, a good level of support. I would define myself um, for many years as a what I call a calculated risk taker. In other words, I, I would try something new if I was 99.9% sure it was going to work. Um, but really looking at that, honestly, it, it's not risk taking at all. So I started pushing myself out of my own comfort zones uh, to take risks and and I'm open about it. When things you know work, I say, "Hey, wow, that that was great. I'm I'm glad it worked out." But I'm also very open and transparent when things don't work, and say, "You know what? We we tried this. It, it didn't work." And what I've noticed is that my teachers are more willing to take risks. And the the best thing that I can hear as a principal when I have a teacher say, "John, come into my room. I'm going to try something new this week. I don't know if it's going to work, but I want you to come in." Now, for me, that level of trust, when somebody says, come on in as I try something new that might 
uh, blow up in my face. Um, to me, that's true risk taking. So I, I'm so proud of my staff for doing that. But it really, um, I think it it started to turn into that when I started to become a risk taker as well too, and modeling that um, openness. I'm so glad you're talking about that because I, I'm I'm I don't like the, this philosophy of just stay off the radar. You know, mm-hmm. get my X number of years in. Right? Uh, those are some long years. If you're going to, you, you betcha. You betcha. They seem like 80 years. Um, so okay. So very nice. I love all of that. Now, what, I'm going to ask you a really tough question. I've never been a principal. No one. Once asked me to be that, as a matter of fact. Um, I'm the one when you put me on the scheduling committee, everybody has lunch at the same time, you know, so I, I know which lane I need to stay in. But sure. um, so what do you worry about at night? Because I know what I worry about at night when I'm in classrooms and I'm, I'm, I'm more, more of a curriculum instruction person. So what does a principal worry about at night? You know, I've I've been doing this for 24 years and I worry about the same thing now that I did 24 years ago. And that's balance. Um, Am I giving enough of my energy, um, my time uh, to my family um, as well as as well as my school? Um, It's a constant battle because as a principal, I personally find it hard to turn my head and heart off and on. I mean, you're always you're thinking about your students, you're thinking about what you can do better and what you can do the next day. But at the same time, uh, I need to be devoted and uh, fully present for my family as well, too. So balance is a challenge that I've struggled with for 24 years. I probably will continue to. But for me, the big thing is to know it, to recognize it, uh, and to be cognizant of it. And to, to be honest, ask those people around me and say, how am I doing? And so, and, and get some of those honest answers. And sometimes it's, you need to be more fully present with us as well. You know, that's a surprising answer. I'm so glad you mentioned that, that balance, because, uh, I mean, I notice how many principals work such crazy hours, you know, because I'll be in an event at night, they're there, they're there the next morning, they're there at the cross-country meet, they're there at the football game. It's like, <laughs> right. my gosh, you know? Uh, so I wonder about how many hours these, these leaders are working in these buildings. So that's really something. I'm so glad you shared that with us. I'm going to forget to ask you this. So let me ask you now, how can people reach you? Do you have a website, a blog spot, a, a Twitter? What's a couple ways we can find you? Absolutely. Um, well, you can usually find me on Twitter. I'm on every day. Um, I love reaching out to people and connecting, uh, expanding my uh, professional learning network through Twitter. And my handle is at John, J-O-N underscore Wenstrom, W-E-N-N-S-T-R-O-M. And my website, which also can be found on my uh, Twitter page, is johnwenstrom.com. Very catchy. Thank you. All righty. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to link that up for everybody so they can find you. Okay. Now for the stuff I really, really, really want to talk to you about. And this is Star Trek. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to admit something to you. I'm the only person on the planet who's never seen not even one episode of Star Trek. You're not the first. I've talked with a few people, but um, usually if they're around me for uh, a certain length of time, usually they've watched an episode uh, after a while because I usually uh, will try to share that with people. So, Okay, so here we go. We're going to talk about Star Trek. You used to watch this with your dad, and you started seeing patterns of leadership in Captain Kirk. And so you start thinking as a leader, like, what would Captain Kirk do? So let's take a couple of things you learned from Captain Kirk. A, or number one, let the experts do their jobs. Talk about that. 
Yeah, so one of the things I, I've noticed through the years of Star Trek, and again, it was many years before I started putting these leadership practices into terms of education, but as I started to realize that, I, I always say, Captain Kirk's not the smartest one in the room. Mr. Spock is. Uh, Captain Kirk isn't the person who can uh, fix the engines when things go wrong. He needs Scotty. Um, he's not the communication expert. He has Uhura. So one of the things that I really got out of that show um, was his leadership style was he was not the person who did everything. He was the person who motivated folks, who knew the experts and who was best at their job and empowered them. So I try to do the same at my school. I'm not the math expert in my building. I have a math leader. I'm not the literacy uh, expert. I have a literacy coach who helps with that. Uh, so I, I want to surround myself with great people and empower them. And to be honest, uh, a principal is only as good as the team around him or her. That's fantastic. And, you know, you see a lot of that same philosophy in business literature with Apple and other groups. And Steve Jobs has a quote about that of, you know, you hire great people and then and then listen to them, you know, let them, right. you know, that's that's wonderful. OK, here's another one. Getting out of our comfort zone. How did that impact you from Star Trek and expound on that a little bit? Yeah, and when I when I give a, a presentation with this uh, with this topic, I often show video clips of Captain Kirk uh, pushing the staff and saying, "Hey, we're here to explore. We're here to push beyond the the boundaries. Learn something new." And, and I, I look at our our task and our mission here at school is the same thing. We we don't want to uh, keep the status quo. We want to push past our boundaries. We want to explore. Uh, we want to learn new things. So I took that, uh, I'll take that mission from Captain Kirk and put it over into a school setting. Um, and really the only way to do that is to get out of our comfort zone and uh, to move past our backyard and explore and learn. Very good. Now, here's here's a third one I, I liked and want you to talk about, and that is, of course, obviously very topical today, using technology. We're going to go back to the Star Trek days, but how <laughs> using technology. Yeah. And so and the example I like to share with this a lot of times is um, I don't know how many people know this, but Motorola, who developed the first cell phone, actually the person who developed that got the idea from Star Trek. He saw the communicator in Star Trek and said, I think I can make something like that. And so he often, in presentations that I've seen uh, throughout the years, talks about that inspiration that he got from Star Trek. Um, and I, I look at us as uh, building leaders, as educational leaders, uh, the same thing of saying, not just working with what currently is, but of dreaming what could be. So when we're working with students, and I've heard many educational leaders use this term of saying, we're not preparing students for what's happening today. We're preparing them for all of the possibilities for tomorrow. And quite frankly, we don't know what those are going to be. So when we're working, we need to use the latest technology that we have um, in 21st century uh, classrooms. But to be honest, we want our students to have those skills that can work with today's technology, tomorrow's technology, and uh, moving beyond technology of those skill sets of working with one another, collabor collaborating, and problem solving. Well, that's great. And we know, you know, the current research is, is what, what employers are seeking are problem solvers, people who can handle new situations, people can lead a team, people work well on a team, all those kinds of things go right into play of what, you know, uh, companies are looking for today. Okay, here's one of my favorites, because this is, I just love this one, but passion for the job. We got to have that. Talk a little bit about Star Trek, passion for the job. You bet. 
Uh, and again, <laughs> I've got to go back to my, my presentation. I usually open this with a funny clip of Captain Kirk uh, kissing people. There's always about uh, 50 <laughs> scenes in there of him kissing different people. And I always say, this is not the passion I'm talking about when, uh, <laughs> when, I, when I talk to leaders about uh, letting, letting their passion out at school. I, I'm talking about what puts the fire in your belly? What is it that makes you want to jump out of bed in the morning and, and get in and go to work? And, you know, for me, I, I talked about in the beginning of making a difference. I want to provide the kind of education um, at school here that I want for my own daughters. When they go into school, I want somebody to inspire them, to challenge them, um, you know, to push them and support them. And so uh, for me, you know, bringing your know, passion for the job is doing what you love. I always, uh, you know, uh, tell people, uh, do what you love. And if you're not loving what you do, change what you're doing. And if you can't change what you're doing, change how you do it. So I, I have a lot of people that say, you know, I start to get burned out or I'm dragging a little bit. So I say, what is it about your job that you can change? Um, you know, for administrators, often it's getting out of our office. Um, the, the toughest part of my job sometimes is, is being in the office. Uh, I want to get out. I want to get into the classrooms. I want to collaborate with teachers. I want to talk with uh, community members uh, of ways that we can improve our school community and learning for our students. So um, love what you do. You know, and I love that guidance you're giving. I a couple of days ago, I was in a in a building, and we spent our whole day doing teacher rounds where we you know prepare lessons, and a group of us we all go together. And I, I really get misty eyed. I mean, I get misty eyed in the presence of great teaching. It's it really is just so awe inspiring. And and that it, you you're exactly right. If we feel like we need to renew ourselves, get in some classrooms. And and I'm, yep. I'm so amazed by what teachers are doing today. I'm just taken aback by the incredible passion for the job and leaders as well. But, but it's, it is a passion. This job that we're in is a passion job. You know, it's, Absolutely. you got to love your Absolutely. kids, you, 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 you know, and we're, we're aware every day of the incredible impact our teachers have on our kids. It's and leaders as well. Okay. This one's our last one from Captain Kirk here. And I did notice on that photo that Captain Kirk on the passion one, he was a busy guy on that show. Lots going on. I may have to check that out. You know, um, I don't, I don't know if it's rated for me. I'm going to have to go check that out. Okay. So do whatever it takes. What is that? We're going to do whatever it takes. Share a little bit of your experience on that one. So, and again, when I, when I look at that is, you know, one of the things that I think people are drawn to the character of Captain Kirk is he wins. Um, and when we look at that, um, it's, well, how does he win? He does whatever it takes. Um, so sometimes that means, uh, you know, going above and beyond. Often it's thinking outside of the box, doing something that's never been done before. Um, one of my favorite quotes from Captain Kirk is he says, I don't believe in a no-win scenario. And, and so I look at every day here at the school the same thing. I try to have that philosophy of saying, I don't believe in a no-win scenario. Um, so if a solution uh, isn't in front of us, I believe we can create one if we get together and work with parents, with teachers, um, with students. So I, I, I like taking that philosophy of saying, we're going to do whatever it takes for, to make every child uh, successful. 
Well, I am. Everybody listening, I know I am on board with that one. Now, here we go. I I admitted, I had to tell you that I'd not seen Star Trek, but I'm going to have to now. However. All right. Did I I make you a believer? Yes. No, it was the the slide with the makeout sessions. I'm I'm (laughs) going to fess up that that's that's what hooked me in. Okay. So I'm going to talk about some shows that I used to watch as a kid. And you tell me who you'd rather work for, who you, what their leadership style would be. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, da 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 Batman. What do you think? <laughs> what kind of a leader? I think Batman. Um, not sure if I'd want to work for Batman. I think he'd be a little bit brooding, um, <laughs> a little bit serious. Um, he'd probably be a great person, though, for uh, coming up with uh, solutions and problem solving, but not sure if I'd want him as my supervisor. Okay, I like just the wardrobe idea. You know, I just I just like the wardrobe idea, but, but and the car. Yeah, I can see that car oh, in the, the car, spot. absolutely. You know, see that in the principal spot. All right, let's try Wonder Woman. You know what? I this is the honest truth. I feel like I already work for Wonder Woman. I have an incredible superintendent, Andrea Olquist, um, and her superpower is she makes everyone feel special and inspired. Um, I know she, and it's not just my myself. Um, all of those she works with. So working in a large district, it's kind of hard to uh, be in charge of so many people and still keep that personal touch. And yet she does it. So I feel like I already work for Wonder Woman. Okay, so we got Wonder Woman. Have you ever worked for an Incredible Hulk where, you know, Mr. Calm, Mr. Wonderful, and then something changes? <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to opine on this one, John. It's okay. You can we can all just think quietly for a moment if we've ever worked right. for an incredible hulk. Okay. I won't put you I on. haven't worked directly for an incredible hulk, but I have worked in throughout my career with some incredible hulks over the years where uh sometimes uh little things make uh you get turned into big things. And to me, that's something I certainly want to avoid. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll let you off the hook. Now I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you who my sixties character I would have loved to have worked for. And this, this may be, this is way out of left field. Again, I'm going for the fashion statement. Yeah. Barbara Eden on I dream a genie. I think Barbara, she'd been, she would have been, had some really positive traits. What are your thoughts on that? I loved Barbara Eden and, uh, yep. I dream of Jeannie. Yep. She, uh, was fantastic. All right. Well, okay. I got a little out there. I'm sorry. So, uh, (laughs) tell us a little bit. What, if you could just, you know, talk to everybody a little bit, you mean, you're in your world, you're very experienced. You've, you know, done some great things in your schools. Uh, what would you want to share with other leaders, other teachers, other schools about just tomorrow? What can we all do to make school a better place? Well, uh, remembering this, life is short, and uh, you need to love what you do. And I often tell my teachers, we spend too much time at school not to have fun. So while we're here, we're, we're going to have fun, we're going to collaborate, we're going to have joy in what we do, and when we're doing that, our students will too. So my advice is love what you do. Well, that is a great way to end our podcast. And John and I do not want to stop without thanking you, every single educator out there, for all you do for your students every single day. You just light up the world for your kids. And we're in so many classrooms, both of us. We continue to be inspired by the great work we're doing in schools. John, I just cannot thank you enough for joining me today. Thank you, Susie. I really appreciate it. And I want to give a shout out to my incredible team at Buchanan Elementary, 
they inspire me every day when I come in. And I've, I've had very good fortune in the past 24 years as, you know, teaching and as an administrator to work with fabulous people. And again, I do. I draw that inspiration from working with such great people. So uh, thank you to my team and thank you, Susie, for the opportunity. Well, we can feel the passion in your voice and uh, so glad that you shared your wisdom with us today. Thank you, John. Thank you. Take care. We are so glad you joined us on this episode of My Ed Expert. For more resources on the ever-evolving realm of education, head on over to myedexpert.com and get inspired by all of our author's work through downloads, strategies, and best practices. While you're there, hop on to get updates right to your inbox because you don't want to miss a thing right here on My Ed Expert.